A warm ocean is a biome in the update aquatic update. This is Minecraft. Just kidding. <laughs> Not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> she said in the update, I was like, when did the earth update? <laughs> the earth I just got an update. Like an updated standard of, I don't know, <laughs> of ocean oceanography or something. <laughs> She said, oh, this is Minecraft. I read um, I read Java edition under it, and then I was like, that's not. Oh. There's no Java down there. This is the ocean? Welcome to Your Mom's a Hoax. I am one of your hosts, Alexis. I'm your other host, Brenna. And our lady in the chair, say your name. <laughs> um, I'm Abigail. And she is our like live Googler and our fact checker. We need a better term. For, we need a title for you. She's our witty. Live... Is that your title? <laughs> <laughs> just our wade <laughs> that's your title that is the official title also feel free to jump in anytime you're like you have a comment <laughs> feel free to make it like i'll work on it i'll wiggle my way in so super excited we have 31 followers now subscribers whatever you want to call yourselves or whatever mm-hmm. you're called whatever um very exciting we're Moving on up in the world, so... Yeah. that's 31 um, whole people that, like, are down with listening to us. Yeah, and we appreciate you so much. So, um, continue to listen, please, and tell your friends and family about it. Like I always say, word of mouth, best way to market a podcast. So, be leaving five-star reviews. Also, we need it to help us with the algorithms. So, mm-hmm. if you enjoy our podcast and want other people to enjoy it, please help us out. We appreciate you. Yeah. So, uh... How, how are you? How are you guys? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, not a whole lot happening on over here. My child won't sleep through the night, so we're back to square one with that. Nice. Love um, that for you. Yeah. Yeah, the last time we did this, uh, she was really itty-bitty, um, mm-hmm. and I was on maternity leave, so it wasn't that big of a deal for me to be up with her, but now I uh, have to be awake at, like, 5 a.m. for work. Yep. It's awful. So, it's a little more inconvenient these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. But then, uh, they always say that you'll miss this when you don't have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. I... I have a hard time believing I'll miss sleepless nights, but... It's, like... I... And maybe I'm a terrible person for this. I... Don't miss when she was... A baby baby. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I look back and, like... She was adorable. I like looking at pictures. She was so cute. Like, I look fondly on those moments. Like... Right. They're very sweet. They're wonderful. I do not want to go back to them. No, for sure. And, like, maybe I'm not removed enough from that stage. But yeah. Like, I'm having, like, I'm actually, like, having conversations with my child. She walks and, like, 
she granted she doesn't have a lot to say but like we're on a level where like i know she understands what i'm saying i know she's trying to communicate back like we're at a really yeah. cool place right now and like i don't know it's Again, all fun and games until she can really talk and then you have a problem on your hands <laughs> true <laughs> but yeah like maybe i'm too far removed but like i yeah i don't know that i don't i don't I don't look back and think, oh, I wish we were there again. Right. See, and I think when you start looking back on that and saying like, oh, I wish, I wish we were there again. I wish, you know, there we go. That's when you're like, oh, maybe it's time to have another baby. Like, <laughs> I think when you start to miss it, that's when you're like, oh, okay, maybe this is how I feel. Maybe this, maybe I need another, another baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I, mm, yeah, I would, ugh. I'm secretly, knock on, I'm torn between wanting twins right off the bat and, like, not. Don't do that. Because, no, listen, this is my reasoning for wanting twins first at the gate. First one. Number one, one and done. Two birds, one stone. Um, number two, I don't have anything to compare it to. I feel like if we had one child mm -hmm. first mm -hmm. and then had twins, I'd be like, fuck, one was so easy. But I feel like when it's your first baby, your first child, you have to adjust to that anyways. So when two come That's out... True. All you do is readjust your life to being with two. You don't have anything to compare that to. You don't have anything to be like, oh, it'd be so much easier if we only had one. Like, you just adjust to having two. And so yeah. I feel like, knock them bitches, one and done. Fucking boom, I'm done. I don't have to do it ever again. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. But that's kind of how I feel, too. If I had twins first thing, I, I'd probably, yeah, I, I think I'd stop after that. It'll be See, our luck, though, that it'll be twins the second time. And then I'll fucking three of them. <laughs> then you're actually done. Then you tie your tubes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, see, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Me mm -hmm. and my husband are on two ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. I want maybe two. I could probably do three, but maybe two. Right? My husband wants, like, five. Three is the max, and that's only if one is an accident. Right. I'm not doing that. So we've compromised, and we've uh, we've gone like, okay, maybe three. Because that's about as much as I'm willing to go. I am maybe... And that is wholly dependent on how the second one goes. But I know, I know it's going to be my fucking luck that we're going to have the second one. I'm going to be like, okay... This is fine. I guess we can have a third. And then since twins run in both of our goddamn families, I know the third one's going to be twins and I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I will love them all, but. A cap at four, I, or a cap at three. I really personally three feel I don't want to be outnumbered. If I can't pick them up with both of my hands or stop them somehow with both of my hands, I do not need to be outnumbered. Because if I can get two of them and there's still one running rampant, I'm. I can't do that. <laughs> so that's why three is the max. Because, like, three, I mean, it'll mostly always be me and Ty. I mean, I don't know how it'll be. I'm sure there'll be times when it's not me and Ty with our child. But, you know, at the house and stuff, it'll be all of us for the most part. So, like, maybe we can handle three. I don't know. I do not want three. <laughs> so, uh, I guess we need to talk about our contest, huh? Yeah, yeah. We are both in the past and the present at this, at this moment in time, um, as we are sometimes on this podcast. Last week, we did a cute little contest that we made up on the spot on the pod um, and, you know, had you guys write in yep. and like 
like I said, it's uh, Saturday, and that app came out on Thursday. <laughs> so we don't know if any of you have written in or not, but uh, we'll announce that on the social meds whenever that um, happens. And you will get a mm-hmm. sticker, but I guess we can dive yes. into our topics. Uh, Britta had some, some clues for you guys last week, so I guess you're going to find out the answer right now. <laughs> yeah, so of course, like, you'll hear from our social medias and everything mm-hmm. um, on, on... If you haven't already, like... Yeah. But the clues that I gave you were that it was a focusing on a ship mm-hmm. and the timing is 1800s. So vague. Um, you, I was like, yes, let's give him a hint. And you said a ship. And I said, oh, a ship. I was going to give him like a one yeah. sentence description. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, <laughs> maybe for our next set of hints, which should come um, at the end of this episode, uh, you'll get a little more it it might get a little easier right um. <laughs> but for those of you playing at home the answer to that would our our little maritime mystery is that today i am discussing the mystery of the mary celeste ooh ooh, ooh. yes very so, spooky I'm going to be honest, I do know a little bit about the Mary Celeste, um, not just because this is the third time we've attempted to record this, but because I listened to the Red Web episode on it, I believe, um, Mm -hmm. not too long ago. So I do know a little bit about it, but I, um, as previously stated on our other recordings that you guys didn't hear, I am not a sailor. I've never been on a boat that big. If it doesn't go on a lake, I've never been on a boat that size. I don't know anything about the words that are (laughs) going to be used. I don't know the definitions of things. Unless you say poop deck, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> fair, fair. So, just giving that disclaimer at the top. Yes, yes. And, yeah, and I've, I've tried to keep up with the sh- sh- jargon. There's you so do much better than me. Yeah. I, I, God, yeah. Somebody will get it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, we're going to set the scene. Center scene, right? Um, it's December 4th, 1872. Uh, we are in the Atlantic Ocean. Nice. Hang Isn't that out. a cold ocean? I I feel like all oceans are cold oceans. I don't think yeah. that's true. I mean, like... I guess... I don't know. I mean, I think maybe they are... I get what you're saying, like, cold, but I think that there are ones that are warmer than the others. I think the Atlantic is known to be, like, one of the coldest, maybe. I could be wrong. I, again, don't know anything about the ocean. It scares me, so. (laughs) All I know is that every ocean I've gotten into has been colder. I know there's one that, like, when I hear them talk about it, like, on a documentary or whatever, where I was listening to something like this and they talk about it, there's always one that they're like, oh, and that one is really cold. And I'm like, does that mean that there are ones that are warm? What? I don't. The Indian Ocean has the warmest temperatures of the world's ocean water temperature. That one was not Minecraft. The Indian Ocean. Okay, word. Uh, Well, in the Atlantic Ocean is, like, where they do all that crab fishing, right? Like, deadliest catch? I need a globe. I don't know where we are right now. (laughs) I don't know where the oceans are. (laughs) Isn't that the Pacific? Because it's in Alaska. Slash the Arctic, because it's in the Arctic Circle. I Shit, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't the Atlantic the one that the Titanic sank in? Yes. Okay, that see, I, I always... I maybe that's why I think it's cold, because I'm like, oh, the Titanic and the icebergs. 
And the yeah. insurance fraud, possibly. We'll get there. Yeah. Future app? Isn't yeah, it? it's yeah, a future app. Isn't it yeah. like a, a milestone? Isn't it a milestone anniversary? Oh, is it? We'll have to double check. I think so. Um, but yeah, for those of you that don't or haven't ever heard of it, it's possible that the Titanic was insurance fraud. It's a theory. Dun, dun, dun. We'll get okay. there. Anyways. The Mary Celeste. So, it's 1872. Yes. And we're in the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. And found floating adrift is the Mary Celeste. Just hanging out? So, yeah, just, just vibing. Okay. Okay. So, she's, she's disheveled, but mm-hmm. seaworthy. Okay. And she's found by the Brigantine de Grada, captained by David Reed Morehouse. So is Brigantine a type of boat, or is that the name of the boat? No, Brigantine is the type of boat. Okay. So <laughs> a Brigantine is a two-masted sailing vessel. Mm. Um, so she's a big girl. Big girl. Big girl. Mm-hmm. Large boat, um, yes. Pirates of the Caribbean level? Probably. Okay. Probably. It, and it That's my only like point of reference for anything boat-worthy, Pirates of the Caribbean, so get ready for that. (laughs) It seems like they, it seems like brigantines do a lot of cargo shipping. Mm. It seems like. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. All of the brigantines, all two of the brigantines talked about in this story were for cargo, so. Okay, (laughs) makes sense. So big boats. Big Big ladies. Big old boats. Nice, okay. So, on the ship, and we'll, we'll get into more detail about like exactly what was going on, on the ship but the log was dated 10 days prior mm-hmm. there were plenty of provisions her cargo which was full of denatured alcohol which just as a note is not consumable we are not talking about wine we're talking about probably straight <laughs> ethanol <laughs> great so um yeah not consumable Um, And most of the captain and crew's personal belongings were still on board, relatively undisturbed. Okay, so they just disappeared. They just vanished into thin Mm -hmm. air is what it looks like. Okay. Yep. (laughs) And the crew, absolutely nowhere to be seen. Not a body in sight, not a human in sight, and they would never be found. Yikes. Big yikes. Mm -hmm. Where did they go? I don't understand where people go. I mean... Because everything, okay, everything that you, everything that has ever existed ever has to go somewhere. Whether it be people, whether it be the receipt I lost last week, whether it be the debit cards that I have lost, many of the keys that I have lost, they go somewhere. And so I just want to know where all those lost things go. Where are they? So the thing that always baffles me is, like, there are cases like this where, like, it's the middle of the ocean and, like, they're fucking gone. Yeah. Right? It's gone. Okay. But then there are also cases where, like, if you throw a body in the ocean, it will inevitably turn up on a coast somewhere. Right. Okay. What is the difference? I'm confused. I don't get it. It's got to be something to do with, like, the way the current picks it up and, like, takes, you know what I mean? Like, how fast it takes it and that sort of, like, it's got to be something like that. The ocean giveth and the ocean taketh away. So does the lake. Okay. The lake giveth and she taketh away. I've lost so many things. You be having a good time at the lake, having a good fucking day, be drinking, minding your own business, and all of a sudden your sunglasses are gone forever. The lake giveth and she taketh away. It's very true. 
<laughs> oh god. All right. So we're going to get into a little bit about the ship itself because the Mary Celeste had a little bit of a tumultuous history. Okay. Not good. So, not a good not a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, she didn't necessarily start off on the right foot. Sail? Sail? Anyways. <laughs> not not so, <laughs> <laughs> So, she was made in Nova Scotia. Um, I don't know where that is, but that's okay. I know it's in Europe somewhere, yes? Question mark. It's up in um, Canada. Oh. Yeah. So. (laughs) Oh, I did know that. Okay. I knew that. (laughs) You're right. It's New Scotia. Old Scotia's in Europe. (laughs) Old Scotia's in Europe. <laughs> That's old Scotia you're thinking of. Like new Scotia. Oh my god. You forgot they, they opened up a new uh, a new a new branch. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but on the low, it is Latin for New Scotland. Oh, so old Scotland is really a th- okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that she just said Old Scotia's back in. <laughs> Old Scotia's back home. Back in the Queensland. Um, the mainland, if you will. The mainland. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So, she, she was constructed um, mm-hmm. in Nova Scotia. Um, not Old Scotia. Canada. <laughs> Yes, in Canada. For those of you that don't know where we are. (laughs) Me included. So her maiden voyage was in June of 1861. She was called the Amazon. The OG Prime. The OG Prime. Because she's carrying cargo. You're not getting it in 24 hours, though, let me tell you. No, but you got it. You're actually never getting it. Yeah, in this case, you're never getting it. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, though. (laughs) So... She was uh, going to uh, go across the Atlantic to London. Nice. Okay. And uh, after the ship's loading, Captain McClellan, uh, who was supposed to take her there, um, got Mm -hmm. really sick. No, no. And uh, they ended up having to return back to where they launched from, and he died on June 19th. Uh, uh, Oh, my God. After he died. So he... This is on the Amazon, yes? Yes. The Amazon backslash okay. Mary Celeste. Yes. Like, this is back in the day when it was, like, firstborn. Yes. So. From the other boats that made it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, John Nutting Parker took over as captain and mm-hmm. uh, went to continue the voyage. But on the voyage, the Amazon backslash Mary Celeste um, encountered uh, some not so great things. So. Okay. Like. So, uh, she collided with fishing equipment in Maine. Oh, no. And ran into... And after she left London, she ran into and sank a brig in the English Channel. Awesome. She's an asshole. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Okay, because you're saying it, like... 
you're saying like she ran into the because you're talking about the boat like it's a person mm-hmm. and i understand that that's how you talk about boats yep. you refer to them as she i don't know why same thing with cars i don't know why we refer to them as like i don't know what men but <laughs> men like yes, that's the reason <laughs> You're saying it, so when you say it like that, it makes me think that the boat is its own entity. Yes. <laughs> like, the boat purposefully ran into that other and boat. Not, That's not what happened. Not purposely. She's a, person, a klutz. A person was drive. a person drove that boat into another boat. Yeah. Do you have to have a boating license? Do they, be, do they have to go to the DPS and, like, parallel park their boat? I don't. Like, I, <laughs> how so. do they have a license to drive these boats? No, they, yeah, to carry cargo and stuff, you had to have, like, extensive licensing. <laughs> well, apparently it didn't matter. They fucking so. can't, you can't see another, a brig, a big-ass boat. Listen, if capitalism has taught me anything, all you have to have is money. You don't have to be good at anything. You just have <laughs> to own the true. company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after that, there were some quiet years, um, but... In October of 1867, she was driven ashore in a storm, and they abandoned her as wrecked. So they left her there. They said, you're a girl. Like, you're a wreck. Whatever. We're done. I mean, to drive it all the way up onto the shore. (laughs) Yes. How do you even do that? (laughs) Well, so I think the, the storm did that. It, like, oh, okay. Like, pushed it all the way up there. Yeah. She yeah. yeeted it. Okay. I see. Yep. And then in October of that year, um, she was acquired as derelict by Alexander McBean. Um, McBean? Yes. And so <laughs> a derelict is just a specific kind of shipwreck. Apparently, there are several different types of shipwrecks. Um, oh. And they all have different nautical meanings with legal consequences. Um, okay. So. You cannot just wreck a boat. It's good to know. And, well, and apparently, like, they all have to do with marine salvage. I don't know. But it's a different... A derelict is a type of shipwreck, and apparently mm-hmm. you can acquire a ship as derelict, and it is okay via maritime law. I don't... I don't know. This was the 1800s. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing. I don't know today's marine time laws. I definitely don't know 1872's marine time law. Well, I also think now um, there's more paperwork and stuff involved. I feel like no one's just driving a ship ashore and leaving it there. Normally it belongs to like a cruise line. God, or someone. (laughs) Like, yeah, don't. I don't know about cruises. Might not be for me. I know everybody really loves them and stuff, but I heard about that one where those people were eating spam and were stuck in the water, and I just am not built for that. No, but the the physical image of a cruise ship being run ashore um, makes me sick. I hate that. I hate it so much. I guess Cruises it, sound like nightmares yes. to be, because I get nauseous quick. I mm-hmm. can't be a passenger in a car. I have to drive. So, like, to be trapped on a wobbly metal thing, you can't take a break <laughs> from being on the ship. You're True. on the ship. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then if something goes wrong on the ship, you're in yeah. the ocean. Mm-hmm. Where? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You can't row the boat. What are you going to do? So, yeah, I think about no. that a lot when, like, flying. Like, I've been to Italy, which that's the farthest I've ever been. But to get to Italy, in case you guys didn't know, you have to fly over the fucking ocean. And my whole thought the whole time was, like, and they give you, like, a little map. You can see mm-hmm. where you're at over the ocean, like, as you're flying. And I'm like, 
if we went down right now, no one would ever find me. Yeah. No one would ever find... That would be the end of me. No one would ever find us. We'd just go down in the ocean and I'd probably get eaten by a whale. Like... <laughs> but listen, I feel like, at least in a plane, if something goes wrong, you, you're going down. You're out. <laughs> on a ship, I feel like it's a slower yeah. death. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a slow burn. And I think if I'm on a plane, I'm okay with, like crash landing and i'm out i don't have to deal with the consequences yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> but if i'm on a boat that's oh, drawn yeah. out mm-hmm. that's until someone gets the boat oh yeah <laughs> yeah for sure Ugh. i guess where i struggle though is that you said there was a lot of provisions and stuff on the boat yes correct so like they could have stayed i just having a hard time understanding what happened oh, we'll get into we'll it. get there i know oh yeah we'll get into it so, continuing with the uh, history, we're getting a little, a nice little history lesson before we get into the weird. Um, sometimes it's necessary, guys, okay? This is... Context is key. Yeah, this is where we're at. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, the ship is derelict. McBean sold his ship. Mm-hmm. Then that ship was seized by creditors. Um, and then that ship that was seized by creditors, the Mary Celeste, was uh, given to was sold to a New York dude named James H. Winchester. And James H. Winchester so, held most of the shares when the Mary Celeste took her fateful voyage, I suppose, is what we can call her. I said this in, like, one of our recordings, but, like, they say prostitution is, like, the oldest uh, profession, mm-hmm. like, in history or whatever. Yeah. I think tax collecting <laughs> beats that. I think tax collecting has been around since. Oh yeah. We needed to uh, since beginning of time, like uh, 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 older than prostitution. <laughs> they want their money when they want their mm-hmm. money. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Two things. At least you know there are two things in the world that'll always be constant: tax collect, tax collection, and prostitution. <laughs> oh, for sure. Sex work. Do we call it prostitution anymore? I don't think we do. I think we call it sex work. I think now. it's sex work. Yeah. Please don't cancel me. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think people still call it prostitution, but that is, like, a more derogatory term, Ta- so the preferred term is sex work. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will do better. Um, hey, half the battle is just knowing when to educate yourself. There you go. Um, Not being an asshole whenever you're wrong. Yeah, that's half the battle. That is the <laughs> other half of the battle, yeah. Taking the... <laughs> Just accepting when you're home <laughs> and minding your own business. Like, Literally, it's it is that easy, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> there it is. So the Mary Celeste, the sister girl, underwent some. She got a facelift. Got some nice. work I done. I wish I could get one. Yeah, she had her length had a little increased. Oh, lip injections. Mm-hmm. Got her eyebrows done. She got a little thicker. Her breadth mm. got increased. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. She got a new deck, and there were Ooh. extensions to the poop deck. Mm-hmm. So More she poop. she's looking good. She got some work done. Nice, nice. Gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls get yes. facelifts. <laughs> yes. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls commit insurance fraud. Oh yes. Agree. <laughs> yes allegedly ten out of allegedly ten. <laughs> allegedly allegedly <laughs> so it is at this point that benjamin spooner briggs became the captain of the mary celeste spooner his real middle name i hope so boomer Actually. spoomer 
Spooner. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Keep going. Ignore it doesn't. Me. Okay, look, it doesn't have like quotes like that's a nickname. They really named his, they really looked at him and said Spooner. See, here's what y'all need to keep in mind when naming your children. Um, your children have to go on the playground, not you. It's true. And kids are fucking mean. Mm-hmm. So when you're naming your kids something redonkulous, fucking think twice. It's also like, <laughs> look, I'm, a, because kids are assholes. <laughs> kids are assholes. And you can't help your last name. I understand like, that. Like my cousin's last name was Cox. C-O-X. But I'm sure that didn't set her up for a great time all the time. Like, but listen, that you can't do anything about. Listen, well, and even, like, I have a, I have an Irish middle name, and I love my middle name. My middle name is gorgeous. I love it. It is spelled K-E-V-Y-N. Um, Kevin. Kevin with a Y. Yeah. And I did get shit for that on a regular basis. It's Kevin. It's Kevin, for the record, and it's beautiful, and I love it. Yeah, I love I, it, too, but it looks Mom, like Kevin. Thank you for giving me that middle name. I'm I love it. I I like my name quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I was also Brenna Kevin Rahodes at my high school graduation. So, but on the flip side of that, I did give my daughter a very very Irish middle name as well. Her mm-hmm. name her middle name is Avine, and it is spelled A I O B H E A N N. Yeah, um, you're gonna have to spell that out phonetically whenever she graduates and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the flip side of that coin, um. The people that care about your children will take the time to learn their name <laughs> and learn how to That's pronounce That's fair. It. I just think it's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. I think that with with any name, it is not that hard. I agree with that very much. It is not that hard to learn how somebody's name is correctly pronounced. And you should. But, like, don't look at your, don't look at your son and name him Cece because he's probably not going to have a good time on the playground. Like... I'm just being honest. You have to think about these things. Your kid is the one that's going to get that's bullied, true. not you. Yeah. And kids are mean. So just keep that in mind when naming your child. Because my kids, there'll be other things to bully them about, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to make it easier for anybody. Like, <laughs> I was, I was, What are you going to do to them? <laughs> I, I was not cool as a child or, like, in high school or anything. I didn't get bullied or anything like that, like, but I just wasn't wasn't hip with it i was not like the cool kid so i just i worry about my kids sometimes like are they gonna be are they gonna get my jeans are they gonna get ties because if they get ties they're gonna be fine through high school (laughs) like you did a great job you had a great time i lived in this space of neither cool nor uncool i just existed yeah i just floated and i I mean i guess i kind of did too but i was weird i'm weird now but i've decided to make a podcast about it because i can do that I've just channeled it differently. I've learned to hide it around certain people and not just let it exist. No, like, see, okay, here's the thing. Because I was the kid and I, like, I turned 18 at the beginning of my senior year. Right? And I already minded my business. There. Okay, but I also decided that that was the time in my life where I wanted to wear fishnets, combat boots, and sundresses. Okay? I also got my first tattoo at 18 and a whole bunch of piercings. Nice. So, like wild i well and like the craziest thing to me is like none of my tattoos were like visible yeah right and i only i had like two pretty small ones right but people found out that i had tattoos and so there was like whatever brenna's the bad girl i I distinctly remember there was one girl and i'm not gonna say her name because i'm nice but there was a one girl that 
made a comment in one of my classes and she was like don't you have a tattoo between your boobs and i was like it's a sternum don't you want to be a nurse she earned that (laughs) she absolutely earned that she straight up asked you to tell her what a sternum was i was like what the fuck is your problem dude don't you want to be a nurse she wasn't even actually talking about your tattoo she just needed help with her homework (laughs) Like, I just don't, what I don't understand is why people can't mind their fucking business. Why is the tattoo on my sternum your concern? I was like, dude, what? You what? Don't you want to be a nurse? (laughs) So, a little bit about um, Captain Briggs and his crew. Can we call him Spooner? (laughs) Good old Spooner. Um, Captain Spooner. Captain so uh he was born (laughs) in massachusetts he had four brothers um and all but one of them went to sea so five kids five dudes and all of them became some sort sort of like sea job two of them were captains um and then one of them just did his own thing and oh, you went know, he was the disappointment. The black sheep in the family. His dad did not like him. There was a dynamic there. Yeah, but you know he didn't drown. <laughs> it's true. You know where he went. So, um, good old Spooner was a very faithful man. Very observant Christian. So much so, he did marry his cousin. Yikes. <laughs> that is not okay. If you married your cousin on accident, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, I know um, that happens to people. Um, but if you marry your cousin on purpose, you have issues. Yeah. Get help. Yeah. Um, so he married his cousin, had two children, um, a son and a daughter. You want to say ah, but then you're like, they're, they're cousins but and they're they're cousins. their mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Brother and sister cousins. Ugh. So, so messy. Continue. Yep, so, um, had two kids, Sophia and Arthur. So by the time that Sophia was born, he had a, he was in a really good place in his career, um, yeah, doing super, super well. He mm-hmm. considered retiring from the sea, but Probably ultimately, yeah, he was gonna go into business with his brother, um, they were gonna do the, I, I don't know, they were gonna do this whole thing, um, because they were kind of tired of, like, the whole seafaring life. Yeah. But they ended up not doing that, and instead, both of them um, invested their savings um, in a share of a ship. Um, Not the same ship, but I guess they both decided to say fuck that plan and went back. Yeah, how do you just go from having, like, a solid, like, we're going to start a business, and you have, like, a business plan drawn out in the budget for it, and then you're like, actually, no. Dude, I, I don't, don't want to. I want to buy this boat. And not even buy the whole boat for myself. I just want to buy a percentage of the boat. Yep. Yep. So, um, the ship that good old Spooner um, put his money into was the Mary Celeste. Okay, nice, nice. Yep, and... Probably not a great... Did he know the history? I mean, I, I assume so, but... I just don't feel like it's somewhere that you want to, like, but stake your claim. You gotta whatever. remember, she got a facelift. 
I mean, she did, but... She was looking good. Aren't, like, sailors superstitious? That's, I mean, everybody in Pirates of the Caribbean is superstitious as a fuck. Yeah, that's Unless, true. unless they're trying to commit insurance fraud. Insurance Ooh. fraud! Are they? <gasps> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I mean, maybe. Maybe. Is that a theory? That, uh, Loki, that is a theory. Oh. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I'm skeptical. But I'm skeptical. Again, I say the Titanic might have been the Olympic. Mm? Or Olympus or whatever it was called. Okay. So at this point, um, he took control of the Mary Celeste. Um, they planned out their trip to Genoa. And uh, on this trip, he arranged for his wife and his daughter, who at this point I think was... She was an infant, so there's not like mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a specific age that she was, but she she's a baby, a baby, okay, a bean, if you will, a mick yes. bean, a bean, and his son, um, who was in school, was left at home with his grandmother. Okay, okay, he didn't get so, to go on the boat. They picked a favorite in that moment. Yeah, they did. Sorry about y'all. <laughs> Ooh, he didn't die, so he didn't go missing forever. Anyways, he was very, very picky about his crew. Mm-hmm. His first mate was Albert G. Richardson. Okay. Who had sailed with him before. His second mate was Andrew Gilling, who was Danish. And let's see. The steward was Edward William Head, um, who was newly married. Okay. And he got a personal recommendation from Winchester, the guy that owns half the boat. Nice. Very And uh... the... F- very yes. astute. Astute. Yes, very astute. Very astute. And the four general seamen. Whatever that what does that means. mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're just like, they don't have a special title. They're just. They're like, oh, seamen. we have to give him a title so he doesn't get. feel left out. <laughs> like, yeah. They're, so they're. they're general seamen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know, dude. But they were all Germans. Uh, so it was brothers Volkert and. Baza Lorenzen, Adrian Martins, and Gottlieb Gutschall. All right. Yep. It's a lot so, of people. Um, and they it's a were big boat. Yeah, they were described as peaceable first-class sailors. Um, this crew should have been Top chef's notch. kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I assume they were. I don't know why I said should have been. But uh, for all intents and purposes, like, they were a good crew. The captain was very um, knowledgeable, like... Well-respected crew. Yeah. Yeah. They all should have been good. Yeah. No reason that there should have been any issues. Yeah. So, on to them leaving, right? So, they were getting ready to leave. um, Mm -hmm. Getting everything set up, like, he's... You know, watching this ship get its cargo loaded, whatever, which is, it was 1,701 barrels of denatured alcohol. So, a shit ton of denatured alcohol. Like, I know they didn't have spreadsheets (laughs) back then, but, like, that bothers me. Like, 1,701. You know, everything looked good. It was all getting loaded up. They were supposed to leave that Tuesday, but it ended up. The, the weather ended up being uncertain, so they decided to push it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, the night before they left, they had dinner with 
Captain Morehouse, which if we remember, that's who found the ship, right? So he has okay. dinner with Captain okay. Morehouse. They discuss it. They're talking about it. And it turns out they're going basically on the same path. And they were friends. Like, they were good friends. They respected each other. They knew each other. Peanut butter and jelly, for sure. Yeah. So they left, you know, went up, went and did their own thing. Mm -hmm. So when we hit December 4th, 1872, Mm -hmm. with the De Grata, so at this point, so we've got we've got our backstory. We know that they're traveling roughly the same like position. Yeah, they're like right? a week they're traveling the same or path. whatever. Yeah. Okay. So the Degrada is sailing, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, come across that basically like they're looking, and there's a ship kind of unsteadily coming towards the Degrada, okay. right? And it's got some erratic movements. Like it just doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. The sails don't look right. Something's wrong, for sure. It's giving uneasy. Right. right? So, they try to, like, signal the ship. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They try to signal the ship, um, and they don't get anything back. Like, they're not seeing anything. So, Captain Morehouse sends two guys out to check out the ship. See what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Fair. So, as they get closer to the ship, they see that it's the Mary Celeste. Okay. Right? And they're like, oh, we know them. Cool. We can hop up on this boat. Yeah. So they, they get on the boat and they're investigating, right? And they found it completely deserted. Oh. So the sails were sort of set and they were in poor condition, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the rigging was damaged. There okay. were ropes hanging loosely over the side. Mm-hmm. Okay. The main hatch cover was secure but the lazarette hatches were open, which I think is like a storage hatch, kind of. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, Yeah, same kiddo. I don't know. The ship's single lifeboat, which was a small yawl. (laughs) A small (laughs) yawl. They called it a yawl? A yawl, yes. Y-A-W-L, yawl. Y-A-O, first of all, that's not correct. Um, Yeah, which... it's actually a, a pretty, like, it's not, like, obviously it's smaller than the Mary Celeste, yeah. but it's not, like, a tiny boat. Like, well, this I mean, could have easily... Well, a large crew, and if everybody's gone, it had yeah. to be decent in size. Yeah. So they're, mm-hmm. they're wandering around. They're looking. We've got a small <laughs> y'all, and that y'all was gone. Could the small okay. y'all be considered a so, motorcycle? <laughs> a motorcycle, yes. <laughs> a motorcycle, if you will. You will. <laughs> Jesus. Right? It was gone. The... Uh, the... The binnacle? What? Which sounds like a fucking made-up word. All words are made up, but yeah, that one does sound especially made up. <laughs> the... The pinnacle. <laughs> Sounds like somebody couldn't. They like fucked so up it, the P and pinnacle, which also it, sounds it, made up. So, it houses the it houses the compass. What? What it, what it does? The uh, pinnacle. Like the compass has its own spot on the ship. I thought you just held the compass in your hand back then. 
and then it pointed to what you wanted no. the most. No, it's it's mm, it's got its own thing. But it, it the, so the ship's compass um, or the binnacle had shifted from its place and the Yikes. glass was broken. Okay, so there was about three and a half feet of water in the hold, which was that's mm-hmm. a significant amount, but it's not alarming for a ship of that size. Okay, but okay. shouldn't everybody on the ship know that? Yes. Okay. They should. Because they're all experienced seamen? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Precisely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there was a makeshift sounding rod, which would have been used to determining, to determine the amount of water in the hold. Um, and that was a found, found abandoned on deck. Okay. There's a rod that they use to measure the amount of water. Yeah. Like a sounding rod? Just like a yard, like a yardstick. I don't think. I don't know. Like what? Well, like what? Okay, I don't need to know what it is specifically. I'm never going to be in this situation. True. (laughs) Keep going. So, (laughs) they also found the ship's daily log. Weird that they didn't take that with them Mm -hmm. when they dipped. Yep. So they found the ship's daily log, which was dated um, like nine days prior, and it recorded their position as off of the Santa Maria Islands. Okay. So they went missing, like, right after, like, this happened right after they set sail, like, two days later. So they set sail, let me double check. They set sail in October. They were found in December, and their last log was in November 25th. So about a month. Oh, okay. Okay. So about a month into, yeah. But the Santa Maria Islands were roughly 400 nautical miles from where the De Grotta found the Mary Celeste. Oh. Okay. So That's far. Yeah. Yeah, so she just drifted, right? Yeah, that's really far. So, like, where, I mean, I don't know. Nothing is accurate. It's, they're 400 miles away. So whatever happened where the boat was found doesn't mm-hmm. won't apply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, the cabin interiors were wet and untidy, from the water mm-hmm. that had gotten in, but otherwise, it seemed like they were in pretty reasonable order, right? I mean, the boat is still sailing. It sailed mm-hmm. 400 miles. Yeah. So, there were personal items scattered about, you know, is what it is, and honestly, probably because of the fact that it was just floating adrift and, like, just moving around. Okay, I was like, when you say scattered about, do you mean, like, signs of a struggle? No. Or do you mean, like, knocked over from the waves? Probably knocked over from the waves. Yeah, and, like, the water getting in. So, you know. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like, crazy, you know? But a clear sign that they left in the middle of whatever was happening because, like, they didn't clean up after that. Yeah, so maybe. So most of the ship's papers and all of Captain Briggs's navigational instruments were gone. But well, that makes sense that they're fleeing. They need to at least know how to drive the boat mm-hmm. that they're getting onto. Makes sense to me. Yes. But the galley equipment was neatly stowed away, and there was no uh, food prepared or under preparation, and there were plenty of provisions on the ship. Could provisions not fit onto the lifeboat? I don't know. Probably. I mean, I don't know. So basically. There were no obvious signs of a struggle. There was no signs of a fire. 
basically all of the evidence indicated that it looked like there was a pretty orderly departure from the ship. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, where did they go? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Captain Morehouse, they decided, Captain Morehouse and his crew on the Degrada decided to take the um, ship to Gibraltar and mm-hmm. salvage it, basically. Now, okay. we're not going to get super into all of the salvage court details, but it is important that you know that when you salvage a ship, you get money for it. Yeah, like insurance money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's important to know that. The amount of money, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay. It, they would have gotten money for it, basically, is what right. I'm saying. So that's important to keep in mind. Um, and again, mm-hmm. I'm not, this. there was a lot of, like, there was a whole hearing for all of this um, because mm-hmm. they didn't know what exactly happened. The entire crew was gone. It seemed pretty suspicious and we'll get into that a little right. bit so there's a whole hearing well for something's it. not right something happened yeah. obviously but we're not gonna get super into it yeah just know that okay you get money <laughs> if you salvage a ship okay okay so now we're gonna get into some of the theories as to what exactly happened okay okay i'm excited <laughs> yes so the first theory is a crazed mutiny Okay. Mm, I'm going to veto that right off the bat. There wasn't any signs of a struggle. Yep. And a mutiny to me. I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. They left Captain Jack Sparrow on that island after yeah. chaos ensued. Yeah, I don't agree with this one because, like, the theory is that... Yeah. The theory is that the crew got really drunk off of the denatured alcohol um, and decided to have a crazed mutiny, but there was no evidence of a violent struggle and... Again, if you drank denatured alcohol, you would die. There would be bodies. And, like, and like all these people who are friends or, like, colleagues, like, I don't see them getting drunk and just beating the shit out of each other. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do. I don't know. But they were well-respected, so why would they... A detail I forgot to mention, nine of the barrels were empty. Like, they had leaked out. So nine of the barrels of the denatured alcohol were empty okay forgot to add that in that's an important detail (laughs) i don't know i just like don't think it was a mutiny i don't either i don't think they got hammered and then like because to me like when you have a mutiny the whole point is to get the ship you want the boat why would you have a mutiny and then get on the lifeboat with the people that you're trying to mutin against mutin trying to what's the word (laughs) i have a degree yeah it doesn't that one just doesn't make sense to me because there would be bodies like there would be evidence of a struggle like we would see more like it just doesn't make it wouldn't just they wouldn't just all be gone yeah mutiny is not it vetoing that yeah if they did drink the alcohol and go crazy they would have died right they would have just gotten sick like it wouldn't have been like even if they, they had got the, sick and turned into zombies. Well, even if they had the time to, like, even if they had enough time to kill Morehouse, it, they still would have died and been poisoned. Right. The next theory is mm-hmm. a criminal conspiracy. Okay. Insurance fraud. Potentially. So there are two ideas um, 
that may play into this. So the first idea is that it was all Captain Morehouse and he and the crew of the De Grata decided we're just going to come aboard, we're going to kill all these people, and then we're going to take it to salvage and get the money. Okay, that's the first theory. Okay. That, that's too many people involved in a murder plot. Mm-hmm. Too many unprofessional... Like, I, I think the CIA is a lot of people to be involved in, like, a murder plot. But they're all professionals. Yes. Spies or whatever the fuck. They work for the CIA. These are people that are on a boat. Like, they're not... They don't have the level of clearance mm-hmm. for them to all keep a secret on a murder plot. True. Somebody's gonna flip. So the second idea is that Captain Briggs and his family were also in on it. And they were in on it with Captain Morehouse. And so they were... The theory is that they were a co-conspirator so they could get money. Wait, you're saying, are we saying that we, that, hold on, let's go back to the first theory, because now I think I maybe misunderstood what you were saying. So, uh, Morehouse is the guy on the DeGrada. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that theory states that he sent his crewmates aboard to kill them so they could salvage that ship. Mm-hmm. See, that I could maybe see. If Morehouse mm-hmm. had, like, his own agenda. Yeah. Like, friends or not, people have their own agendas. Sometimes people aren't good people even when you're friends with them. So uh, that is a possibility. I could see that. Nobody was there to witness them finding the ship. Yeah. But there would have been a sign of a struggle, too, I guess. That's my thing. And the bodies. So if we're going with this idea, it makes more sense to me that Captain Briggs and that crew would be in on it. Yeah. But then you have to think... That's a lot of people, one, that's a lot of people to split the money with. Right. So you're really not and getting two, enough to, like, what's, it's not worth starting your whole life over somewhere else. That's the thing. Captain Briggs was very established in his career. Like, he was already set. And his son so is at his sense. grandma's house. Exactly. It wouldn't make sense for, I... Unless they I really guess, picked a favorite and said, smell you later, loser. Maybe they just didn't like it. <laughs> they were like, oh, fuck. The poor kid's God, five, that kid's and they're gone. like, Like, fucking Oops. got rid of him. Thank God. It's fucking weird. He's Nana's problem now. <laughs> Literally. I don't think... I Look, I can't rule this out completely, but I don't think it's this one. Yeah, I just don't... I mean, his son's at home with his grandma. Like, in all re- seriousness, like, that is... You're not just gonna leave your son behind to go start a new life if you're in on this, like, plot. Like, I just don't. It, it just doesn't seem realistic. And it's realistic. too many people to keep a secret. Well, that's, that's a lot of people that you're splitting the money with. So, like. Yeah. I, and then I to mean, have to go, you have to use all that money to start a new life. Like, you don't even get to, like, enjoy. Like, that doesn't it, it make just, any sense. It doesn't make sense to me. So, the third theory is alien abduction. No. <laughs> I'm gonna go with no on this one because uh, the y'all was also taken, and like maybe the aliens wanted to ship too. I don't know. No judgment. They're like this one but won't fit on our like... this one won't fit on our spaceship, but this little one will. Yeah. I don't seems. So this theory comes from the idea that like basically like there was a rumor that spread. Mm-hmm. You good dog? 
There was a rumor that spread that the Mary the Mary Celeste was found in like pristine condition. Food mm. was like halfway prepped. Like it looked like people literally just got yoinked from the ship. Okay, that if that was true, I could see aliens. We'd be having a different conversation. Yes, I think there are but instances the like that in history where I could be like aliens, but this is not one of them. I don't think. Yeah, that was not the case. Right. So, yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I so, just, yeah, sometimes I can be like, yes, aliens. To this is not today. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the fourth theory is a potential natural disaster. Um. So uh, the idea is that maybe there was like a sea quake or a water tornado or a tornado out at sea. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Neither of those things I knew could happen. Uh, definitely a sea quake. Didn't know that was a fucking thing. New fear yeah, unlocked. That's what causes tsunamis, isn't it? Because the tectonic plates like shift sure. or whatever. And then it's like a big ass wave because it shifted so much. And then it's like, <laughs> that is one of my biggest fears is dying in like a tsunami. I've always lived so far inland. I've never had to worry about something like that ever. But I'm like, that'll, that's a, a massive wave is going to take the entire state of Texas and half of Oklahoma to come and get me. So, Arthur really, really wants mail? Arthur really, really wants to move to Japan. No. And in theory, that sounds gorgeous. That sounds amazing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then I think about the fact that Japan is an island. Mm-hmm. And I am immediately afraid. Yeah, I well, feel like, the same way. Hawaii is really an island, island, but I but I feel like Hawaii is different. You know what I mean? Like one like Japan is known to have tsunamis and stuff like that because of where it's at in the currents and stuff, I guess. But like I don't feel like you hear about tsunamis in Hawaii as often. No, the Hawaiian islands scare me so much. Yeah, because they're literally volcanoes. It's volcanoes, and they're small. They're so small. But yeah, so the idea is a natural disaster, and basically they think this may have caused superficial damage and some waterlogging. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the crew thought that the ship was about to sink, and so maybe they decided to get on the lifeboat. Yeah. But Which, they should have, I mean, it, uh, it would have to be actively taking on water, but for it to stop at that three feet or whatever, like, it, they should have, they would have known that that was enough water to, like, keep sailing. Yeah. Also, there was no, like, recorded things like that like there was no recorded weather like that where the ship was last seen or last like logged to be like the 400 miles away from where it was found yes so like at its last logged point off of the santa maria islands but yeah so you would think an experienced crew would have some understanding about what the ship can and can't take so natural disaster um do you think that's funny she's like lmao sea quakes <laughs> so i don't think this is the case but i guess it's possible mm-hmm. just do you just want this okay you she's hamming it up per usual so one of the other theories is um, the Kraken or a sea monster. Nope. I've, again, I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. And in that movie, the Kraken tore that ship to shreds and then took the whole ship. People yeah. included. I think the whole thing would be gone. Yeah. I, I don't think we would have found the ship. No, I don't think so either. Or we would have found pieces of the ship. Yeah. 
A clear sign that the Kraken done fucked that ship all the way up. Yes. So, the last theory, which I think is the most probable, mm-hmm. is an alcohol explosion. Okay. So let me explain Boy. why. Yes. So let me explain why I think this is the most probable. So as we know, nine of those industrial barrels had leaked, mm-hmm. right? Or yes. they were empty. So we're going based on the assumption that they leaked, which is plausible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would have created, like, alcoholic fumes, right? Right, yeah. So do you know what flash paper is? No. Okay, so flash no, paper... <laughs> yes, so flash paper is what magicians use. Ooh, a little razzle-dazzle. A yes. little magic. Um, to, like, do that, like, quick, those quick, like, explosions, and then, like, the whole thing is gone, right? Yeah. For sure. Okay. Or there's a bunny or whatever, a dove, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But basically there's like a burst of flames and then, and there's no evidence of a flame ever being there because it doesn't burn anything. Yeah. It just burns right? off the alcohol or whatever that it is and mm-hmm. then it's gone. Yeah. It's like a so the I- flambe something. Yeah. So the idea is that something like that, like a small quick explosion like that because of you know, the fumes that were down there and the alcohol that leaked mm-hmm. may have Doesn't happened. it still have to have, like, an accelerant, though? Well, yeah, but that could be anything. I mean, think about it. This is the 1800s. They use lamps. That's fair. Right? Yeah. So there was, there may have been, like, that quick, like, flash paper type explosion, which wouldn't have mm-hmm. burned anything and wouldn't have left evidence of a fire, but could have potentially scared the crew enough to get Dip. on the lifeboat and see if a larger explosion was happening, right? So the theory is, and you got to remember, Captain Briggs has both his wife and his daughter with him. Okay. So the Fair. theory is that happened right? There was that quick flash explosion. It spooked them enough to raise concerns, and because Mm -hmm. he was being overly cautious, Captain Briggs may have decided that getting on the yawl, or the lifeboat, (laughs) and, like, trailing behind the Mary Celeste via rope Mm -hmm. would have been the safest option to see if another explosion was going to follow. Right? And so because Mm -hmm. the ropes were found hanging off the side maybe they realized too late that the rope had been disconnected or had come untied and then they were just left floating out at sea. I don't understand. Like, is the... I did read... Um, I I don't know which article it was, but one of them said that they cut the rope. Like, the rope... Oh, interesting. So, Yeah. Because, okay, because, like, the, the y'all, the, the boater cycle, it should be, like, it's, if it's big enough, to, okay, it, it, so, like, if it's big enough to hold that entire crew, does it not have, like, its own sails? It has so, two sails. Can it not be, like, steered? And it can be steered, so, like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how they would just float off to sea. They may not have realized it or i don't know 
But do you, would you not, but like, okay, okay, so you're on this boat and you can steer it and it's not as big and comfortable as your original boat, the OG, but like, you can still steer it. You have all of your navigational tools. Why would you not just continue on the course that you're on knowing that there's a boat eight days behind you? Like, why would you not just continue on your course until that boat came to get you on your small yawl? Or even sailed to the islands. Right. Why would I you, know. like, I don't, if it's steerable and stuff, I don't see how they just floated adrift and was never seen again. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I can understand, like, I can understand, like, the boat, you know, like, them getting off the boat because of the explosion and, like, waiting to see if more happened. And then by the time that they realized they weren't connected to the boat anymore, they were too far away to catch up to it. I can see all of that. But what I can't see is, like, why they didn't continue on their journey knowing that there's a boat a week behind them that's on its way that could pick them up or why they wouldn't sail to the closest like islands that's why i think it's insurance fraud because they weren't they were not very far away from shore the entire crew is gone nothing's really wrong with the boat but it was still mm-hmm. recovered by another boat to sell for parts mm-hmm. so it feels fishy and him leaving his son behind implies to me that maybe he maybe he was like open to the idea that he probably wouldn't make it through whatever scam they're doing but also like mm-hmm. he left to if he if he thought he was sailing the entire Atlantic Ocean he probably wouldn't have left mm-hmm. his son behind because what if he got stuck in Europe I don't know right I just can't see like the leaving your like why what would be the point in leaving your son behind unless that was the point to make somebody ask this question because he knows he's coming back right because you would think that he's coming back yeah that's why he left his son there to make to make everybody think that he knows he's coming back but then like to go start your life like to to, i mean how much money though is worth like never seeing your son again but it's possible that grandma was in on it true and like knew like okay like in you know this amount of time like i'm gonna go to this point and like and meet up with them i don't know and start new lives i mean back then it was easier to start a new life than it was Mm -hmm. than it is now now there's so much that i mean you have to have passports social security birth certificate like back then you didn't have all that shit it's also possible that like something like the alcohol explosion or something like that did happen and they got to the, the islands and then, like, something happened to them there because it's 1872. That's true. You know, and it just wasn't recorded or they were trying to sail somewhere on the smaller vessel and, like, there was a storm. I mean, mm-hmm. really, anything could have happened. That's true. They could have been killed by pirates. Oh, yeah. And see, and back then they were, like, arg me hardy or me matey or whatever the fuck. Like, they, they were real real world pirates and i know there are still pirates today and they're scary but they're not captain jack sparrow in it up yeah it's not the same (laughs) but it's definitely a mystery um and Mm -hmm. i mean listeners if you have any suggestions on what you think happened yeah tweet at us send it to our email put it on our instagram whatever yeah i'm interested in what other people have to say yeah for sure that's a weird one i mean because like there's just you can poke holes in any of the theories so it's like which which one, I guess, is the most plausible? Okay, so um, that's what I got for you guys today. And uh, all right, my dude, what were your hints? So the 
hints that I had last week was that it was a murder of six people. Um, and, you know, Brenna was like, keep in mind that um, we don't do a whole lot of like true, true crime. You know, we're not doing normal murder cases, you know, where it's going to be some have have some element of like spook to it. So um, the answer to those uh, clues is that I'm doing the Hinter Kaifak murders. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I dropped something. I'm doing the Hinter Kaifak murders, if you guys know what that is. So um, we're going to go all the way back to March 31st of 1922. Six people were murdered on a Bavarian homestead roughly 40 miles from Munich, Germany. And the victims were 63-year-old Andreas Gruber, 72-year-old Kazalia Gruber, uh, 35-year-old Victoria Gabriel, Andreas and Kazalia's widow daughter, her husband and um, her daughter's father, which I'll get to her in just a second. But her husband, Carl Gabriel, he passed away in World War I. Um, put a Put on a post-it. We're gonna come back to it. So, Kazalia Gabriel, Gabriel, please don't get confused with. Um, we've got Grandma Kazalia, and then we've mm -hmm. got Granddaughter Kazalia. Okay, word. So, <laughs> please, I'll try to keep it straight. Um, but yeah, seven-year-old Kazalia Gabriel, Victoria's daughter, um, Victoria's son Joseph, he was two, and Maria Baumgartner, she was forty-four, and she was a brand freaking new maid. She just started that day. Yeah, so. Those are our victims. Um, Grandpa Andreas, Grandma Kazalia, Mama Victoria, and Little Kazalia were found laying on top of each other um, in, like, hidden in the tool shed on April 4th of 1922. So this is like four days later they were found um, in the tool shed. Whenever um, Johann and Josef Schlittenbauer were sent by their father, Lorenz, to check on the Gruber family um, because the, like, Grubers and the Schlittenbauers were neighbors. So he was like, can you just go check on them? We haven't seen them in a few days. Um, yeah, put that on a post-it. We were coming back to that as well. Like I said, Johan and Josef Schlittenbauer were sent by their dad, uh, Lauren Schlittenbauer. He's the neighbor, like, the neighboring family. They went to go check on them because they hadn't seen them in a few days. And um, they were the ones that found uh, everybody in the tool shed. So put that on a post-it. We're going to come back to it. To this day, the case is still unsolved, um, but I'm going to be going over all of the bonkers details and the theories surrounding the case. So I'm very excited to talk about it. And I understand that it's true crime, but we're talking about it because it's super unsolved and it's super weird and like, it's so messy. Like I just needed to, I needed to spill some tea, spill the gossip and you talk about it. So um, here are some bonkers details. Um, and like a rough timeline, I guess, leading up to the murders and like after so roughly six months before the murders occurred, um, the Gruber's previous maid, the family, the original family maid, she quit because she claims that the house was haunted and she was like, bye bitches, I'm out. I fucking ain't about it. Um, and she believed this because she had heard like footsteps and strange sounds coming from the attic and she'd heard it like very often. She had told Andreas about it. She was like, bro somebody is in the attic, a ghost, you have to get it. And Andreas had gone up there several times to check and like never found anything, never saw anything out of the ordinary, nothing. So she's like, okay, well, that means that it's haunted and I have to go. And she dips. Rightfully so. I too would have been doing that. Um, so March of 1922, which the murders occurred on March 31st of 1922. So on the month of March, um, Andreas finds a Munich newspaper on the farm, um, that didn't belong to anybody in the family and was not dropped off by the mail service. 
And keep in mind that Munich, Germany was like 40 miles from the homestead. So it's weird that there's a newspaper there that nobody knows where it came from. Yeah. And like somebody's been like... I mean, somebody, to me, in my opinion, I don't necessarily think that it was a ghost because we'll get there in just a second. But like the murderer stayed in the house for roughly four days, three to four days after the murders occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, and like with her hearing, like with the maid hearing all that stuff and like never finding anybody in the attic, but she can hear footsteps and sounds and stuff like that to me just things like, is there somebody living in your attic? And then to find like a Munich newspaper like that didn't belong to anybody yeah, is weird. Um, and it wasn't dropped off by the mail service either. So that's just, it's just odd. Uh, so days, I'm just going to level with you. Um, so a few days before the murder, Andreas found footprints in the snow. So they were leading from like the woods to his tool shed and, um, they led all the way up to the door and there were no footsteps leading like back outside. There was only one trail of footsteps. Yeah. To which I say like, this is not Okay. (laughs) <laughs> there is somebody in your tool shed. Yeah. That is what that means. <laughs> like, unless there is, like, a, a window in the tool shed that they could have gotten out on the other side of the building and, like, you couldn't see it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's, to me, somebody was in there. So the lock yeah. on the tool shed was broken as well. Ooh. Somebody is in your tool shed. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Somebody's um, living there. So naturally, Andreas uh, enters the the tool shed and like searches and stuff, but doesn't find anybody. And there wasn't anything missing. Now I have to ask the question. Andreas is, um, 63 years old. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm blind now. My glasses is like a quarter of an inch thick. So I'm blind now. So at 63, I'll probably be legally blind. (laughs) Same. So, like, how well are you looking? Because you didn't find anybody in the attic when clearly the maid has heard something in the attic. Oh, and I forgot to mention this, but, like, once she quit, the family started hearing sounds and stuff, too, and was like, oh, shit, maybe there is, like, a ghost or somebody in our house. So, um... Yeah, I'm not here for that. Yeah. But, like I said, he didn't find anybody in the tool shed. I just don't know how well we're looking. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh... So on March 29th, like two days before the murders, someone lets one of the Gruber cows loose in the middle of the night. Um, They just let him go. And Andreas is pissed the fuck off, which is valid. I'd be pissed if somebody let my cows go. So he starts asking the HOA, like, what the fuck is up? And, like, he's going to all of his neighbors asking if they've seen anything. And, like, nobody really knows what happened. But, like, he's telling everybody about these weird, like, occurrences, like... Everybody knows that a cow got set loose. Everybody knows about the newspaper. They know about the footprints in the shed. Like, he's telling a lot of people that's how we know all of this information because he's asking a lot of questions. And he's just not getting a lot back. Um, So on March 30th, 1922, a key for the Mm -hmm. Gruber home goes missing. So one of their keys is just lost. That's not good. A day before the murder. Um, And the whole family, again, hears footsteps in the attic, but, like, goes up there to find it and doesn't find anybody so it's either a ghost i just we'll get there here in a little bit um so it is now the day of the murders and maria Baumgartner is dropped off at the gruber home for her first day of work um Baumgartner's sister is said to be the last person to see them alive because she went in there and like 
talked for a little bit whenever she dropped Maria off and was just like hanging out and then she left. So she's the last person that saw the whole family alive, including her sister. Um, so yeah. And then the murders take place. So three to four days following the murders, um, Mm -hmm. the killer stuck around the farm, just like chilling, hanging out. He was tending to the animals. (laughs) He was making meals. He was burning a fire most nights. Like you created a, a crime scene and then you hung out there which i understand that it's 1922 so dna is not a problem for you but like fingerprints all also, over the place well like also like two of those bodies were found in the house right yes uh yosef was found in his crib and uh, maria was found in her bedroom right so like you're hanging out in a pot in a house that has two dead bodies in it yes actively like and like What leads me to think, we'll get to the theories here in just a second, but, like, what leads me to think that the killer had been in the house much longer, like, I think, I don't think it was a ghost. I think the killer was in the house that whole time, possibly. And, like, to, because there's a confidence that you have when you're hanging out at a murder scene Mm -hmm. that, like, you don't think you're going to get caught. And that idea comes from the fact that, like, you've been there before and haven't gotten caught. Yeah. That's where that confidence would come from. And honestly, like... That cow getting loose was probably a test run to see if he could get one of them out of the house. Right. Like, because four that of was... them were found in the in the tool shed, and like the idea is that they were led out there somehow, like one at a time. Yeah. Like I think Andreas went to go check on something, and then he didn't come back for a while, so maybe Victoria went. Well, then she doesn't come back, so Cazalia goes, and then little Cazalia is like, "Well, fuck, fucking everybody's gone." <laughs> like, yeah, you know. So I. I mean, it's that's a that's an idea, and also like three or four days later, you know, people start to notice that Cazalia is absent from school, um, and that the whole family has missed their Sunday worship service. So like, and that's very out of character for them. Um, so we kind of think something's up like three or four days later, but we're gonna back up just a couple of days to April first, which is the very next day after the murders. Um, coffee bean sellers Hans and Edward Skrovsky. Uh, they stopped by the home to take the family's coffee order, but no one answered the door. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that they popped by the home while a murderer was actively Ooh. living in the house. Which nothing happened to them, but like... Still terrifying. Yeah, that's a... that Like, to know... Like, hindsight is twenty twenty, but like, to know that after the fact, like, how eerie and like, gross that must make you feel. So, on April 4th, which is the day that the bodies are discovered, but... This is not when the bodies are discovered. So on April 4th, um, Albert Hoffner enters the home for roughly four hours or more to fix the food chopper engine. So he like, like, mind you, the killer is still in the house. That like, well, and the bodies are still in the house. This freaking like appliance repair man enters the home. He like gets there. He like knocks on the door. Nobody answers. Nobody answers. He waits like 30 minutes and he's like, fuck it. I'm here to work. I get paid by the hour. And so he goes in there and just like does his thing he's in there for four plus hours with a murderer and dead bodies and then he just like finishes his like job and he leaves and later that day is when schlittenbauer the neighbor he sends his sons over there to the hinterkaifeck farm and he discovers the they discover the remains of those victims see that to me like that to me says it was very like intentionally like that person was going after that specific family because yes. if people are coming to the house and like 
living to like, tell the tale. seeing it. Like, that guy was in the house for four hours. He could have definitely been killed. And this man, this murderer has, like, a confidence, an air about him that, like, he can, I mean, he's staying on the premises. Like, he could kill somebody else and still hang out before he's found. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So it does feel very targeted specifically to this family. Um... So we're going to get into the half-assed attempts to investigate. <laughs> so as I said previously, it was standard practice uh, back in 1922 to take fingerprints, to take eyewitness accounts. Um, they didn't have DNA back then, obviously. And they probably didn't take in as many pieces of evidence back then because they didn't think about the DNA. Yeah. Now you're going to collect, you know, hair and Fucking clothing everything. and all kinds of stuff. You you probably didn't do as much of that. You're going to take blood samples from the blood. Like, you're going to do a, a shit ton more than you did back then. But it was standard practice to take fingerprints and to, um, like, get eyewitness accounts. Mm-hmm. So, um, the murder weapon was believed to be a Matic, which is a pickup pickaxe type tool um i don't think it's quite a pickaxe i think it maybe has like a flat i don't Ew. i don't know anything about tools i hate that i know it's a blunt object and that their deaths were caused by a uh, blunt force trauma to the head and i'm not i'm gonna try not to get into a lot of the gory details um just because that's not what we do here brenna soft i don't want to talk about it so if you want a better description that's handled kind of you know tastefully red web has a really good episode on this um so go check that out. I'll put a link to it in the description as always. So um, the cause of death was said to be blunt force trauma, like I said a second ago. And the court physician, Johann Baptiste Almuller, I can't say that word, determined that from the autopsies that he decided to perform in the fucking tool shed where <sighs> they were murdered. Seems like maybe said, not the best place for an autopsy. I just think that, like, like right off the bat, wrong. Like, right off the bat, you've set this investigation up to fail. <laughs> Not to mention, they're walking all over the place like it's the JonBenet Ramsey crime scene. Like, they're all over that crime scene. And I understand DNA wasn't a big deal back then, but, like, fingerprints and stuff. Like, if you're gonna have to take fingerprints, fucking don't touch shit. Hello? And don't perform the autopsy in the t- right next to where they were murdered. I just like That's wrong. Like I know it's 1920, but I feel like we had enough knowledge to know not to do that. If we had enough to invo- invent the Model T Ford, I think we might have known enough to like not fuck up the crime scene entirely. Yeah. Um. So um, the murder weapon was not found during the investigation. But, like, I just don't know how well people looked. I mean, we couldn't... I just don't know how well we're looking. Yeah. yeah the murder weapon was not found. Um, they took no eye, uh, no fingerprints, of which was standard not. practice. They took no eyewitness accounts, which was not. standard practice. And trigger warning. The family's heads were removed and sent off to a clairvoyant um, and were inevitably lost oh. and never returned back to the police. I just... So... I cannot... We can't get anything back from that. <laughs> that is like like you are asking for six angry spirits literally i don't understand like, okay first of all i don't understand how we got to the clairvoyant i don't i don't understand how nobody in 1922 wasn't like a witch but um for starters number two i don't know why the clairvoyant like okay if she called and was like or they called whatever and was like hey can you come look at these heads and tell us what you can what you know and she's like yeah i can do that 
Why would the heads? Why did they need to be detached and sent to her? Why couldn't she come to the to the, the farm? I don't understand. That's my thing. Is like, because I know, like, I I feel like the 1920s, like there was like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know when that happened, but I know there was like a like spiritual movement. Um, where, like, Mm -hmm. psychics and, like, mediums and, like, all that stuff. Like, that was a big thing. Clairvoyance, like, going to seances. To this day, I hear about clairvoyance and psychics and stuff in, like, modern-day murder cases and investigations. It's still a thing, but, like, to send the heads off, like, to be that dramatic about it? That's my thing, is, like, because you are... First off, like, I cannot imagine, like, one, receiving six heads in the mail the fuck hello and like right two, what's in the box i cannot imagine staking your entire investigation like all of your evidence on one person who claims to be a clairvoyant like i totally I understand mean, like i believe in that stuff i do but like when it comes to a murder investigation i'm not staking I'm not putting 100- all my eggs in one basket yeah i'm not even gonna do that with like actual hard evidence you know like there are plenty of things where like people will have circumstantial or hard evidence but it still doesn't mean what they think it does like this just was a a setup to have like an unsolved murder investigation like just literally perfect storm yeah this it was always gonna be not solved um so they can't determine anything from the heads now like not even regular evidence like, you mm-hmm. can't get anything from it. And that was what the bulk of it was. Because yeah. it was blunt force trauma to the head is what killed them. So you needed that. <laughs> but they don't have it. Um, the police... Police suspected that it was a robbery gone wrong. but Because this family was, like, very well-to-do. They had, you know, a bit of money. They had a large farm. A very nice home. Like, they suspected it was a robbery. The flaw in that theory is mm. that nothing was stolen and none of the money was gone. Yeah, pretty big flaw there. So if you're after them, which if they didn't find it, I mean, apparently nobody's good at looking for things in this freaking story. We couldn't find a person in the attic. We couldn't find the murder weapon. Maybe they couldn't find the money. But I just think if you're going to, I think if you've hung out in the house for six months, if that's the theory is that somebody was in the house for six months and then they weren't found, I'm sure they found the money weren't in that six months. Like, yeah. So to not take it, I don't know. I don't think it was a robbery. Well, even, um, like, even if we're operating on the idea that, like, they didn't live in the house for that long, they mm-hmm. for sure stayed in the house for at least four days after they killed them. That's four days worth, and you're telling me you couldn't find anything worth it, like, valuable? Mm-hmm. And again, right. people came to the door. If it's just a burglary, why wouldn't they get robbed, too? And killed? Right. And if it's a burglary, like, you're trying to get your shit and go. Yes. You're not hanging out, basking in it. Like, I don't know. Um, so, despite having over 100 suspects because the Gruber-Gabriel fam- family was not well-liked, and I will get into why here in just a second. Um, so, despite ever have, bleh, despite having over 100 suspects, uh, no one was ever convicted and the murders are still unsolved. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um. Theories and suspects. There are a lot of theories for this case, um, but for time's sake, I'm really going to talk about three different ones. Um, 
-hmm. Again, check out that Red Web episode. There's a few YouTube videos I'll link to that had a bunch of different theories. The Wikipedia page, like it, there's more if you want to take like a deep dive on this case than what I'm giving you. But anyways, um, so the first theory is that the living uh, Gruber and Gabriel families like committed this murder plot for the inheritance. Okay. Um, so some believe that one or both of the families had them killed so they could inherit their fortune and farm. Bernard Gru- Bernhard Gruber, which is Andreas's brother, he did inherit the farm and sold it to the Gabriel family, but he sold it to them under the condition that they demolish the the farm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he was like, this is a place where my, like, whole family was murdered. Yeah. Like, I just want it gone. I don't want to have to look at this ever again. Like, I'll sell it to you, but you have to yeah. demolish it. Get and they did. It. Like, a year later, the house was turn- torn down. But for me, like, the hole in this theory for me is that, like, if the goal was to inherit the farm and the fortune, like, why would you then tear it down? Yeah. Unless the, pl- unless the end goal was all the land. Like, that was the end goal, the profit or whatever. But even then, like, he didn't but even keep then, it. Like, what? Right, he sold it. But they're saying that, like, the Gabriel family was in on it. Like, they knew that Gruber was going to inherit the farm and sell it to them. But I just, I see a hole, I see holes in that. Like, unless the, I guess, unless the end goal was the land. In which case, maybe I can see that. But then Gabriel doesn't get any, like, or not Gabriel, um, Bernhard Gruber, the brother, doesn't I guess he gets the profit from selling it to the Gabriel family. I don't know. Maybe, I guess. But um, I don't know. It was still torn down a year later and the murder weapon was found during the demolition and was believed to have been hidden in the attic of the home. So I don't think anybody's looking with their eyes. I, use your eyeballs. Like, look sound around. like You it. have to look. Unless there's, like, wild secret compartments. But, right. okay, but the mur- Okay, so the murderer found the only secret compartment. If there's a... I'm assuming there's only one secret compartment in this house, possibly. Isn't that where you'd hide the money? Right. True. So, like... So, like, when yeah. he found... And then, like, <laughs> right. what? The murderer found the only secret hiding place in this house and put the murder weapon there, but then he didn't also find the money in that secret hiding spot. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But it was apparently they thought that it was it was believed that it was in the attic um, and they found it during the demolition. Uh, there was also a pen knife found in the barn that has to do with some of the details of the murders. I just don't want to get into that. Um, go listen. Check my sources if you want to know what that means. Um, I just want to get into those details. So the second theory is, Carl, I didn't actually die in World War One. Gabriel did it. Ooh, okay. And if you'll remember, Carl Gabriel was Victoria's husband. Okay. So, um, little backstory. Carl and Victoria were married in 1914, and this is where the tea starts to, to boil a little. This theory states that Carl left Victoria a year later uh, when the Gruber neighbors, like the neighbors of the Gruber family, started to accuse Victoria and Andreas of having an incestual relationship. Now pause. Just pause right here in the story. We're not 100% sure that this was, like, a consensual relationship. And, like, it's rumored that um, Andreas was physically abusive towards his family. So I'm going to err on the side that, like, it's probably not a consensual and incestuous relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that seems not great. Incest already co- is not great. Yes. But this is, a forced incest is definitely not good. Real bad. <laughs> 
real, real bad. Um, but this is where I have a note. Okay. Uh, Carl, you're absolute garbage human being for not absolutely rocking Andreas's shit. If this is true, like if this is not consensual between oh, yeah. father and daughter and you're her husband and you just leave her because of these rumors and you don't absolutely destroy the father of your wife, you're a garbage human being because Ty would kill a man for sure. Like, that would be the end of that person. Yeah, why would you... I, Why would you leave your wife because her dad's making her do something horrible? Why are you not... Yeah. Bulled... Like, fuck that. <laughs> so, play. I paused a second ago. We're playing now. Um, so, in 1915, Andreas and Victoria... See, this is where I get confused. Because they were found guilty of incest and they were sentenced to one year in prison in 1915. Okay. Um... So to be found guilty of incest, like that to me maybe implies some consensual aspect of it. Not necessarily. But also maybe not. Yeah, I was going to say maybe not. Because 1950, I can't imagine there was a whole lot of understanding of like, well, I know for a fact there wasn't a lot of understanding of like, of like coercion is not consent. Culture. Yeah. You know, like there was not a lot of understanding for women of that time so she i don't know I yeah mean, I, I get that i would it probably was guess. forced i'm still gonna err on that it probably was and realistically like i mean a man's word went a lot further than a woman's in 1950 for sure i mean and if he's telling people it was like both of them you know like her it doesn't matter what she says mm-hmm. oh and this is 1915 yeah. Okay. I thought you said 50 and I was like, no, they were dead before then. <laughs> yeah. One five. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. So they were sentenced to one year in prison because of this. Carl leaves Victoria again, a piece of shit and is supposedly killed in world war one. However, according to this theory, his body was never found in world war one. So they think that like he returned eight years later and extra enacted revenge on like the Gruber family. That literally doesn't make sense for me. Yeah, he went on the lamb. He ran on the lamb for eight years and then decided to come back and kill the family. Um, but that could possibly be uh, this. Okay, so that idea comes about because there were Soviet POWs that, um, and a POW is a prisoner of war, for those that mm -hmm. don't know. Um, there are Soviet POWs who claimed they had met a German man who claimed to be the Hinterkaifeck murderer. So it's all like hearsay, but it is a very weird thing for some German man to be like, I did that. Like, why do you want to be the person that did that? That gets the credit. Yeah, but a lot of, I mean, like, that's not uncommon. Like, there are yeah, that's people true. that admit to murders, like. All the time, yes. Fucking idiots. But, like. And, like, there are holes in this theory for obvious mm -hmm. reasons. Number one, my question is, why would Carl kill his own daughter? Yeah. Like, that's first, right off the bat, like, if you're gonna, if, if he had killed the whole family and the daughter was, like, gone, I could see that theory yeah. being accurate. But, um, other soldiers claim to have seen his body during World War One, like, seen his dead body, um, and a lot of, like, a lot of soldiers aren't found, and yeah. especially back then, like, that was a, f a fact of it, and that's awful, but it's, a reality. it's possible that they saw that, that they saw him and just couldn't, you know, take him with them. Yeah. Or well, whatever. If you're in an active, like, 
war situation. Like if you're in 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 the trenches, like mm-hmm. it you is see the, that he's gone, but you just have to leave him there and keep yeah, going. I mean, it's it's tragic, but I'm not sure that they didn't recover his body. Like it was World War One. Like I think that that's a possibility. Like I think a lot of people didn't get recovered. I don't think that means that all of those people went into hiding and murdered people. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so, uh, another hole is that eight years, like I said, is a very long time mm-hmm. to wait to enact revenge, but it was only two years after Yosef was born, which is, uh, Victoria's other son. Mm-hmm. And it's not possible that Yosef was Carl's child because yeah. he's already dead at this point. So this is two years after Yosef was born. And according to this theory, Yosef was the product of Victoria and Andreas, um, like, it was like the product of their incestuous relationship, forced mm-hmm. incestuous relationship. And um, that would make Andreas his grandpa and his father. And to that, I say, ick. Disgusting. <laughs> um, so maybe this is like what sent Carl over the edge and led him to like killing everybody. Cause he found out Victoria had a father mm-hmm. by or had a child by her father and like was pissed off. I don't know. Maybe that's why he came back and I just don't buy everybody. it. I don't buy it either. That's why. I mean, eight years to not see your daughter, like, I just don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. But apparently, I mean, he'd already left Victoria at this point, so maybe he'd just written them off as a whole, but then when he found that out, it just, like, sent him over, over the edge, and he, like, saw red and killed him. I don't know. I just don't buy it. Um, mm. So that yeah. leads us to our next theory, and this one I'm also not sure about, but... Okay. I don't know. So, um... The next suspect is that Lorenz, next door neighbor Schlittenbauer, okay, did it. Um, so he's the closest neighbor for starters. Automatically makes you a suspect, just like mm-hmm. when a wife dies, husband automatically a suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, to find the bodies, they had to break down the door to the barn or to the tool shed because it was locked. Okay. So like, uh, and if you'll remember, Schlittenbauer sent his sons. Um, Johan and Yosef over to the house and I guess they had to kick the door down to find the bodies Mm -hmm. um but Schlittenbauer himself was later seen unlocking the home and like just walked in like he owned the place alone oh like he let himself he let himself in there like he he let he allowed himself in there but not like anybody else into the back or anything like that um no one knows how he came to have this key keep in mind that a key went Mm -hmm. missing the day before the murders that's fishy so, like, I'm speculating wildly, but, like, coincid, like, I don't think it's a coincidence. Like, I think the fuck not. That seems um, pretty. But mm. he was the closest neighbor. Maybe he watched the house from time to time when the Grubers were away. Maybe that's why he had a key. We don't know. There's no record. Yeah. You know, like, we don't know why he had it. It could be that he stole it. But I'm also confused on why you would steal a key the day before the murders if you've been in the house for six months. Yeah. That's, like, odd to me. Why would you just now need a key? But we'll come put a, put that on a post-it. We're coming back to it. Um, so he claims that he entered the house looking for his son. And this is where we're going to hit pause once again. Okay. Because it's going to get kind of messy. The tea is so hot. So okay. buckle the fuck up. So as previously mentioned, Victoria was more than likely forced into an incestuous relationship with her father, Andreas. Mm-hmm. And also, as previously mentioned, Andreas may be both the father and grandfather to Victoria's child, Yosef. Okay. That we know as that is consistent across the board. 
Andreas could be Yosef's father. That is a possibility. Okay. Okay, so listen. This is where it gets ridiculous. So Victoria was actively in a secret relationship <sighs> with Lawrence, the next door neighbor, Schlittenbauer, around <gasps> the time that she got pregnant with Yosef. Okay. Okay. So a possibility um, is that, like, Schlittenbauer had been in the house before. Maybe this is why he had a key. Uh-huh. Um, and it could possibly be who they heard <gasps> in the house. It could just be that he was, like, sneaking around and doing <gasps> it with Victoria. Oh, in the attic. And in the attic or wherever. And that's why every time they went up there, they had already dipped out. <gasps> Schlittenbauer's back at his house so they wouldn't get caught. Okay. Like, that could be a possibility. And if he killed them, that's why he was so comfortable in the house and hung out for four days. And why he had access to the home was because he was next door. Yeah. Well, and, like, that would make sense. Why, like, because, of course, like, Andreas is going to be like, I literally didn't find anybody up there. And, of course, Victoria's right. going to be like, that's so weird. Me neither. <laughs> I, t- I, I don't I, I know what that anything. could be. <laughs> I don't know. Or, like, I hear the footsteps, too. That's so strange. It was so weird. Oh. Like, gaslighting everybody. <laughs> um, okay. So... Okay, so, like like I said, for those of you that can't connect the dots, Schlittenbauer might be Yosef's father. Mm-hmm. And Victoria very much believed that he was. Like, she was asking for... Like, she wanted to get married to Lawrence, but... Okay. Because, okay, let's go back a little bit. Lawrence is not having an affair. Um, his wife had passed away a few years prior. Okay. He got to know Victoria. The only thing that makes it an affair is, I guess, the forced relationship with her father, but I don't... Man. That doesn't count. Poor um, girl just wanted out. I know. She just wanted to live her life is what I'm thinking. And so she really believed that it was um, Schlittenbauer's yeah, child. And Lorenz, like, didn't want to marry her and didn't want to pay child support because he wasn't 100% sure that that was his baby. I because guess I didn't there's have the possibility. Test, yeah. Because there's a possibility that's Andreas's baby. So he's like, ah, I like you and all, but, like, eh, I don't like you. Okay. I don't like you enough to pay child support. But again, like, <laughs> low-key, like, if you like her enough to possibly impregnate her, can we just, like, even, like, if you just want, can you just, like, marry her and take her from that situation? And, like, if y'all Yeah, why is out, nobody like, helping fine. this poor woman? But, like, can somebody get her out? Yeah, like, nobody is paying attention to her and helping her. Like, yeah, all the men that supposedly care about her are assholes. Literally, literally. Like, uh, okay, yeah, it's incest. Ugh, but, like, that means she's cheating on me. Like, no, she's being no. abused. Can you get her out? Yes, so help her. Okay, so we're going to play. We're back to the story. Um, <laughs> So he goes into the house to investigate. He takes two neighbors with him. Mm-hmm. This is after his two sons, Johan and Yosef, came back from finding the scene at the tool shed. So they've already come back home. Okay. Schlittenbauer now takes two neighbors over to the house to, like, investigate. And I guess the police are coming, whatever. Um, And maybe the police are already there. I'm not 100% sure. So wait, so, hold on. Schlittenbauer sent his two sons. Yes. Okay, got it. They're right. his two teenage sons over to the house. Got it. Okay. Word. One of his sons is also named Yosef. One of his actual factual biological sons is named Yosef, as well as the toddler who is a murder yes. victim in our story. It's going to get confusing. Just bear with me. Okay. okay. So, because... Okay. So, he goes in there. He's like, I'm looking for my son. And the other two neighbors are like... Yosef? Like, I thought he was already... He'd already come home. Like, you don't have to look for him. He's already at the house. And Lawrence is like, no, my other son, Yosef, that was found dead inside. 
And they're like, um, the fuck? Hello? So, like, when he recounted it to the police, he had, I'm not going to say the exact quote because it's awful, but he had said something along the lines of, like, I found my son murdered in there. <gasps> um, and that's what he said in the police statement. And so the police are thinking that he has two sons named Yosef and that one of them is the victim. <gasps> okay. And so the police discovered that, um, you know, that possibly that could be his child. He tells them about the mm-hmm. relationship he the had with Victoria and stuff. And, yeah. So, like, instantly he's a suspect because it's of always course. the person closest to the family. Yeah. So, um, and this is where I have the note about her, you know, wanting to marry him, him not being sure that it's his baby. So he didn't want to pay child support. And she's like, no, nah, you're this baby's daddy. And he's like, no. Nah. And she's like, no, you're going to give me some money at least. Like, you're at least going to pay me child support because this is your baby if you're not going to marry me. Yeah. So she's being, Victoria's being very, I mean, the way that the story's told, she's being very demanding at this point, which um, is when um, Schlittenbauer turns in her relationship with Andreas <gasps> to the police like, turns in their supposed relationship to the police. <gasps> and then he goes into the house and he's all like, but my baby. Like, oh. what? Um, but then he withdraws his complaint from the police about the incest. But, like, still, he still turned them in for that. And then was, like, wishy-washy. And was like, no, I'm just kidding. <gasps> but it sounds like he was trying to get her in trouble so that way she'd stop asking him for child support. Oh, and what's a better way to, to not have to pay child, child support, support than to kill everybody? Murder. Yep. That is not advice. Please don't take it. That is that is not true. Just yeah, don't pay your child support. Anybody. Just pay your child support. Or just be a parent. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he withdrew his complaint, but, like, it's just wild to me that he's like, that's not my baby, that's not my baby, that's not my baby, and then he runs in the house and he's like, oh, my baby. My baby. Like, you can't be wishy-washy. It either is or it isn't. <sighs> So the question here is, you know, did he kill them because uh, he didn't want to pay child support? Was he angry at the fact that, like, he didn't know if Yosef was his child or not? Was it because Victoria is an asshole and gave him two sons with the name Yosef? We have no idea. <laughs> Don't do Victoria dirty like that. I know. She's been through a lot. Poor girl. I, oh, yeah. Honestly. Um, but yeah, that's why he's a suspect. Uh, it also explains, like, why he could get around the Hinterhaifeck house without a key. Yeah. Um. Oh, he was, ex- sorry, he was explaining to someone how you could get around the house without a key. And, like, he was saying that to the police. But, like, how does he know that? Yeah, why do you know like, that? Like, is, well, is it because he was in the attic for months and, like, living there for months and, like, days before the murder and after? Or was it because of, like, his secret relationship with Victoria? Like, I don't he knows think... how the secret routes and stuff because he had yeah. to, like, get out of the house real fast because they're going to get caught? Like, I don't think, because I don't think he could have lived in the house for months and, like, people not notice, you know? Yeah. But I do think, like, honestly, like, it makes sense that, like, they were sneaking around and, like, she knew how mm-hmm. to sneak him into the house. Like, he learned all the ins and outs and, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's where... That's how he knew to, how to get around the house and stuff. And, like, that's how people, like, heard things and she was... She just mm-hmm. jumped on that train of, like, yeah, that's super spooky. I don't know what's going on. Like, it's haunted. Right. To not get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Especially if her dad's, um, like, abusive and, like, mm-hmm. forcing her into this relationship. Like... Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't know what. And it could have just been a number of things that maybe... I think Lauren Schlittenbauer is the most likely suspect. Yeah. And at this point, I think the police know who it was. They have a very good theory. But yeah. at this point, like, everybody in the case is long gone. So it's like, what's the point in going to that person's family and saying your great-great-grandfather was a murderer? Yeah. 
like what good does that do now so i think the police are just keeping it you know close to the vest like they yeah but at the same time like it offers another line of family closure true you know like and even like if they can't like arrest that person like there's at least like some closure there like you know we can officially close this case right so i don't know um but that kind of wraps it up for me. Uh, there are more theories, like I said, but for time's sake, I just wanted to talk about those three. Um, it was so impossibly messy, and it just gets worse, like, the deeper you dive. There are Ugh. other theories, like, that the original maid was involved or that the townspeople <gasps> did it just because they, like, hated everybody, or at least Andreas. Like, they really didn't like him. He just doesn't seem like a gr- bad guy. So I'll drop the links in the show notes uh, so you guys can take your own deep dives because I think it's worth it. But, yeah, that's really all I've got for that y'all today. That makes me so, so sad. Um, like, yeah, it just it is really sad. seems like like sad story. Andreas was kind of a bad Bully person, and, and yeah. poor Victoria and the children just ended up getting shit into the stick. sucked into it. That that mm-hmm. makes me sad. I am soft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, am, I am a so, soft baby, and that's why we don't talk about all the gory details. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, if you want to hear, if you want to hear, you know, more details on it, you can go listen to the Red Web. Or any of the YouTube videos that I put in the links, um, or that I put in the comments, whatever. So, yeah. Uh, that brings us to the end, though, I think. Yeah. Man. Um, okay. So, y- you guys can't... Do you want to do the social meets, or do you want me to do them? Well, do we want to do hints for our next episode first? Ooh, yes. Okay. Um, are we going to do... Are we going to give away stickers every week? I think so maybe i mean i think it's i think that's a possibility i think we could do it we'll see yeah but it is fun just to give you guys hints so you can guess or whatever to tweet us in the comments and let us know what you think um do you want to give your hints first let's see okay um so my story and i'm i'm getting a little crazy here because i have not done something like this my story Mm -hmm. is a little true crimey Okay. Okay. A little true crimey. Mm-hmm. And let's see. I've got two potential hints, but I don't want to give too much away. Okay. Okay. A little true crimey. And it happened in New Jersey. But it is not the Amityville horror. <laughs> I'm not doing okay. Amityville right now. I don't know for sure if that happened in New Jersey. I think it did. I know it happened in that mm-hmm. general proximity. But if you're thinking Amityville, it's not Amityville. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my two hints. It is an internet mystery that involves uh, primarily YouTube videos. Um, and a girl goes missing. <gasps> so it's a little true crimey, I guess. But um, okay. also, but it's internet mystery YouTube okay. videos. So. Also, I say a little true crimey because there's no murder. Oh, okay. So, just for an understanding, we're we're talking a little true crimey, not like <laughs> full true crimey. Okay. Cuz um, I don't really do stuff like that. <laughs> it's not my So my stuff. Not my forte. Yeah. So, social meets? Yeah, okay. Um so let's see. We are your mom's a hoax on Instagram and Twitter, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, cool. Um, I feel like I'm being quizzed. 
Our <laughs> email is yourmomsahoaxpod at gmail.com. Send yes, us an email. And we email. would love to hear from you. We want your comments and concerns and complaints. Give or even us. if you have like a suggestion, you want to throw a suggestion out there, mm-hmm. like you want to let us know. Um, or your own theories and hot takes on any of the yes. topics that we talk about. We live yes. to discuss this stuff. It's why we're making a podcast. So send us your theories and your thoughts. <laughs> yes. Tweet us. Um, Can I open that up to um, their own spooky stories? Yes. Yeah. If they have a weird happening. Yes. Send yeah. us, send us yeah, your something own weird happens to you, let us know. We want to know. Um, yep. And you can find me, um, on Twitter at Brenna underscore key, K-E-Y. And you can find me on Instagram at Brenna underscore Keevan, K-E-V-Y-N. Um, yep. And, uh, you do have to request to follow me. Um, I'm sorry. I'm private right now. I might change that. (laughs) I'm still deciding. Um, but still do it. I'll probably let you. I'll probably say yes. (laughs) Um, I am Alexis P. Martin on Twitter and Alexis P. Martin underscore on Instagram. So check me out there. I'm not private. So you can just follow me, whatever. <laughs> yeah. What are you, Abigail? Um, I'm still setting up my social media, but I will drop it next episode. Cool. cool. Okay. <laughs> Sit. Um, yeah. So that's, that's all we got. I guess we will uh, talk to you all next week. Heck yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.